You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. What Happens in San Diego by Philip Paget on AO3. San Diego, December 1997. Shh, my sergeant's gonna break the door down if you keep making all that noise. His hand, pressed firmly over her mouth, only encourages her and she leans back slightly to change the angle of his cock as it slips in and out with obscenely sloppy sounds. She's so wet it's indecent, and it's not as if they spent much time on foreplay. His stern questioning regarding why she wanted to keep the photo of Emily stirred up something feral and desperate inside of her, something that lay dormant for years. A lock on his office door, a time-worn condom stashed in the forgotten recesses of his wallet, and the overwhelming need to feel something other than death and grief and loss were all the justification she needed. Her pants and underwear lay discarded on the yellow linoleum floor, her jacket tossed on his chair, and her t-shirt pushed up under her arms to expose the white satin of her bra. Kresge's trousers are in a puddle around his wingtips, his dress shirt open, and his tie hanging limply over his shoulder. She pushes his undershirt up to reveal the rippled planes of his belly, the muscles twitching and contracting as he sinks into her again and again. He removes his hand from her mouth and she sucks in a lungful of air, flashing her eyes up to him hungrily. She wants something that she can't quite name, doesn't know how to ask for. She wants to feel alive. He withdraws from her, his slick, latex-covered cock bobbing in the open air. She shoots him a questioning look, and he grabs her under her arms, pulling her off the surface of the desk and turning her around to face it. One hand splayed across her upper back pushes her forward, and she bends in half, with her ass exposed to the open air and his nameplate digging into her hip. "'You like it rough, Scully FBI?' he asks in a growl of a whisper." and she feels a fresh rush of moisture between her legs. He pushes back into her with a sharp thrust and she yelps. He leans forward, returning his hand to her mouth and pulling her head back slightly, just enough that she feels the tension in his arm and the control he has over her body. Control. She always seeks it, always struggles to have it and maintain it, Her deepest, darkest secret is that she desperately wants to abdicate all that carefully secured control. To let it go. To give in. Every now and then she acts on the impulse. Last time it landed her in the hospital with a fresh tattoo. This time it has her bent over a desk in a busy police station, biting her lip to contain her moans as a beautiful stranger fucks her from behind. Mmm... Mm-hmm, Kresge hums, his fingers digging into her cheek. She closes her eyes, losing herself in sensation and relief at the things her healthy body is proving itself capable of. Of desiring and being desired. Getting wet, getting fucked. Living. For a moment, she forgets whose dick it is that's striking her cervix rhythmically, sending little jolts of pleasure down her legs. It could be Ed, or that man at the gym who always gives her long looks. It could be Mulder. Would Mulder fuck her like this? Would he be rough with her? 
Sometimes he treats her like she's made of glass, and all she wants to do is break. She wants it harder, faster, but she doesn't have the luxury of words. She arches her pelvis up slightly, trying to find leverage against the front of the desk. He grabs her hips roughly with both hands, and she drops her face into the crook of her arm as he begins to fuck her in earnest. Staccato slaps and the muffled sound of her whimpers extraordinarily loud in the small room. Outside, phones ring, and there is the occasional peal of laughter or a barked order. Inside, she is inching closer and closer towards the greatest loss of control she can imagine. Kresge stuffs one hand into the space between her pelvis and the desk, his rough fingers fumbling artlessly over her clit. It doesn't matter that it's not all that precise. She's so wound up that the graze of a feather would have been enough. She lets out a long, low moan that rumbles in her chest. The slip of his cock and the erratic brushes of his finger pushing her suddenly and forcefully over the edge. Kresge grunts, returning his hand to her hip and driving into her in a series of rapid-fire pumps until he hisses and slows, coming stealthily but throatily. He slips out, leaving her a tangle of flaccid limbs and satisfaction on his formally tidy desk. She catches her breath as she listens to the jangle of his belt buckle and the silky zip of his tie. When she finally has the wherewithal to push herself off the desk and stand, he looks perfectly poised, as though nothing happened at all. Keep the picture, he says, slightly out of breath as she collects and redons her clothes. You didn't have to go to all that trouble to get it. Not that I minded, he adds, and she shoots him a coy smirk. Thanks, she says quietly, taking the photograph and turning towards the door. I'll see you back in here in, what, a few hours? He says, and she turns back to look at him. His hands are stuffed in his pockets, his hair hardly out of place. He seems like a good man. Maybe in another time, another circumstance, she would actually consider pursuing something with him. She doesn't say anything in reply, just gives him a tight-lipped smile and a nod, and walks out of the police station, Emily's photo in hand. The Falls at Arcadia, March 1999 The rent-a-center couch squeaks loudly each time he drives into her, paired with the rush of his labored breaths. He's sweaty and ragged, drawing every ounce of strength in his body and sending it careening into her as he fucks her roughly. You're a bad girl, Scully, he says with a grunt, his hips snapping against her pelvis so sharply it hurts. She cries out, a cross between a whimper and a moan, and fists a clump of his hair. He's on his knees on the floor, stark naked and so fucking beautiful it's overwhelming. White streaks of moonlight are slashed like tiger stripes over his shimmering skin, the flex of his muscles making them dance. Her ass hangs over the edge of the cushions, her legs wrapped around his waist, and his cock buried deep inside her. You're home late, he said as she walked in the door not thirty minutes prior. She stilled and turned slowly towards him, not missing the chastising tone in his voice. He was leaning against the kitchen counter, bare feet planted firmly on the pristine linoleum, his arm crossed over his chest. I didn't realize I had a curfew. His jaw twitched and he looked away, 
and she found herself instantly captivated by his demeanor. It was unfamiliar and out of character, save for those few occasions when he was displeased with her choices or actions. This begged the question of what she did, or what he thought she did, that might displease him. You were in the San Diego field office? he asked, poorly feigning nonchalance. The police precinct, actually, she replied, turning back to the stack of papers on the counter before her. She goaded him with her lack of encouragement, daring her to tell him what information he was really after. Detective Kresge still on staff there? A little prick of anticipation tingled at the back of her neck, right around the place that her replacement implant lives, keeping her cancer-free, keeping her alive. Yep, she said flatly, not looking at him. She heard him shift and clear his throat. <clears throat> and? He asked, that same petulant tone in his voice. She suddenly wondered if she told him at some point about her brief lapse in professionalism with Detective Kresge. She was nearly a hundred percent sure that it had never come up. She certainly wouldn't have volunteered the information, given the way he responded to her ill-fated date with Ed Jurse. She lifted her head to look at him, finding his expression unreadable. And what? She shot back, leaning one hip against the edge of the counter and mirroring his crossed arms. He scoffed, rolling his eyes with annoyance, and she lifted her eyebrows in question. Come on, Scully, he said derisively, and she went from curious to angry in an instant. I don't know what you're referring to, Mulder, she sniped. If there's something you'd like to say to me, just say it. Okay, he acquiesced with a nod. I'm wondering if perhaps you're home late because you were recreating your little office romp with Detective Kresge. Her eyes widened briefly, but she attempted to hide her reaction. I don't recall ever discussing that with you, she said levelly, as though debating the facts of a case. And regardless, I don't see that it's any of your business. You're right, it's not, he said smugly. For whatever reason, Kresge felt the need to tell me about it the last time you were out here. He seemed pretty proud of himself for managing to get in your pants, and I decided not to deflate his ego by making him aware of your proclivity towards fucking strangers when you're having a bad day. There was a slap, and then immediate contrition. There was conflicting anger over his possessiveness, and arousal over the knowledge that he didn't want her running back to Kresge. She felt vindicated in a way after all he put her through with Diana. There was a kiss, and then he took over. She relinquished control. He bites her earlobe, pinches an erect nipple between his fingers. He's rough with her, rougher than she ever imagined, rougher than she could have hoped. Did he make you come? He asks angrily. Yes, she breathes gripping his ass and pulling him more firmly against her. She wants him deeper. She wants more. Inside you? He questions, and she can hear his confidence wavering. No, she answers on a moan, and he tugs her even further off the couch, nearly into his lap as he sits back on his haunches. Good, he says resolutely, his fingers digging into her ass cheeks. Are you going to be a good girl for me? His words make her dissolve like sugar into hot water, melting further into him. Who knew he could talk like this? Yes, 
she murmurs, and he grunts in approval. His hands on her ass pull her down and push her back up, maintaining control even in her superior position. His fingertips on one hand inch towards her ass crack, and she feels so completely powerless it scares her. But she trusts him, so she lets him nip and suck at her lips as he fucks her ruthlessly, those fingers creeping and creeping until one presses firmly against her asshole. Oh God, she hisses, her fingers digging into his back. Good girl, he purrs. I want to feel you come. She breaks, shatters like tempered glass crumbling around him. Somewhere in her haze of pleasure, she hears him sputter a stream of profanities, and then the insides of her thighs are wet with his cum. He slows but doesn't stop, beginning to pepper her with soft, affectionate touches that feel like apologies. I didn't see him, Mulder. He wasn't there, she murmurs, her head resting in the crook of his neck and her arms wrapped loosely around his ribcage. He sighs in relief, cuddling her close like a prized possession he isn't prepared to part with. She invites him to sleep in the bed, and he accepts. She feels more alive than she can ever remember feeling. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.